afternoon. Before we open God's Word, let's look for His help. Shall we pray? Our God and our Father, we come before Thee. We thank Thee for the Gospel that is good news to men who are perishing in a lost world. We thank Thee that the door of salvation is still open. There is yet opportunity for sinners to come to the Savior. And we pray for each in the meeting will hear thy word, we pray, our Father, that they would understand that it was for them that the Savior came and that the Savior died. We pray, our Father, that thou would watch over our meeting this afternoon. We pray, our Father, that thou would bless in salvation. So we look to thee now, asking for thy help in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I'd like to read a few verses with you. The first is found in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And we will read in verses 16 and 17. Verse 16 says, Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Second is found in Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15 and verse number 15. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. Mark chapter 14 and verse number 10. And Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went unto the chief priests to betray him unto them. And when they heard it, they were glad, and promised to give him money. And he sought how much he might conveniently betray him. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And one final verse again in Mark's Gospel, chapter 8. Read in Mark chapter 8, in verse number 36. 
For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Verse number 37 is the verse I am interested in. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I would like to look at Mark chapter 8 and verse 37. What shall a man take in exchange for his soul? Now the thought behind this verse is what will you take? What will you take for your soul? This afternoon we are going to look at what the world will give you for your soul, what Satan will give you for your soul, And finally, and thirdly, and most importantly, we are going to look at what God has given for your soul. And we read of three individuals who took something for their soul. In the case of Esau, we read that he took a bowl of lentils for his birthright. And we will later see how that the birthright is a picture or even a figure of the soul. Secondly, Pilate took the approval of the people. He took popularity for his soul. And thirdly, we read of Judas, who took 30 pieces of silver. He took a possession for his soul. Now, I realize that many individuals are not comprehensive or do not realize what a soul is. I find it interesting because most religions have some kind of definition of the soul ranging from something that has weight and substance. Some have even said that the body is lighter after death because of the departure of the soul. Others have said that it is an essence of life, or it is the presence of the divine within an individual. But this is what men have said about the soul. And I am far more interested this afternoon in what God has to say about your soul. The word soul is the same word that is derived from life or living. The best definition I have ever heard of a soul is this. You are a soul and you live in a body. You are a soul and you live in a body. Your soul is what sees through the opening of your eye. Your soul is what hears through the orifice of your ear. Your soul is what speaks through the edifice of your mouth, your soul is the real you. Your soul lives, your soul feels, your soul loves, and you are a soul and you live in a body. So, I'm not speaking about something that is of insignificant value. But when I ask the question, what will you take for your soul? I am asking, what would you take for yourself? in exchange for your soul that will exist forever, either in heaven or in hell. The first person we read about, this man Esau, he took a bowl of soup for his birthright. Although it was a birthright, it was a natural blessing, it was the greatest blessing of the children of Israel that would be bestowed upon the firstborn giving him a double portion of all the inheritance. When it came to that birthright, I would like to think of it like this. It was something that was going to last far longer than Esau's life. 
And it was something that would be bestowed upon him, and then it would be handed down from generation to generation. To his sons and their sons, it was something that was going to last far longer than his life. And when it came to that birthright, Esau placed such little value upon it. Do you know what he took for it? A bowl of soup. Now let me give you the scenario. Here is Esau and he's coming home from hunting and he meets his brother Jacob on the way home. And Jacob says to his brother Esau, sell me this day thy birthright. And you know, Esau must have thought like this. What, what, what good is something that is way off there in the distance and eventuality when I want something that satisfies right now? What good is that birthright to me? And so he thought to himself that that bowl of soup would be very satisfying. Something that he could sit down and enjoy for a moment now. And so he trades his brother, his birthright. It it, it is ridiculous to me to think what this man gave for something that was of such insignificant value. It makes me think of people today who will trade something, a small passing pleasure, for the salvation of their soul. Something that that, that is almost worthless. Something that will satisfy for a moment and then be gone the next. They will take a pleasure in exchange for the salvation of their soul. You know, it was a bowl of soup that Esau took. We say to ourselves today, how ridiculous. I would never take something so small as a bowl of soup for the salvation of my soul. But let me tell you, there are people in the world, they're all around, and they are enjoying the pleasure of sin for a season. They are taking little pleasures in exchange for their souls. You know, what came to this man Esau, there wasn't afterwards. And let me say this to anyone who takes something other than Christ for their soul, there will be an afterwards and they will never enjoy what they took. You know, we never read in the account of Esau that he ever tells his father what he took for that birthright. Can you imagine Esau going into his father and saying to him, do you know how much I valued that birthright? It meant so much to me that I traded it for a bowl of soup. Passing pleasure. Something that would satisfy for a moment. But see, he doesn't do that. It says he went in unto his father. He had realized what he had done. He, he had realized that he had given away the most important thing. And he goes in unto his father. And he seeks for the birthright. We read that he sought it with tears. And I believe he was in earnest. So he goes in unto his father and he pleads with him. And he says, give it to me. Bless me. But it's gone. 
There is no birthright blessing for Esau. Oh, what Satan will give you for your soul. The pleasure of sin for a season. Something that is so small. It is fleeting. It is passing. The pleasure of this world. When it comes to the next man we read about, Pontius Pilate, it was not pleasure. It was popularity. He was a man who tried to please the people. You know, there are so many who, they want to please people. They simply want the approval of others. And in this case, Pilate was willing to content the people. Although his wife pleaded with him. Although his conscience pleaded with him. He was willing to content the people. You know, history tells us when Pilate left Galilee, do you know what the people did? The people that he tried to please? They hated him. They literally burned effigies of him in the streets. He never won their affections. He never won their approval. The very people that he tried to please were the very same who hated him. And it was more than that. History tells us that Pilate either committed suicide or it was Caesar himself, the man who he wanted to befriend, who had him pushed to his death. And I ask you today, what passing pleasure in this world is worth more than your soul? What fame and fickled friendship more important than the salvation of your soul? Satan would give you much for your soul today. The world would give you much. What will you take for your soul? The third man we read about, Judas Iscariot, he betrayed the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. It was a possession that he wanted. There is an old saying In this world, you may make it, but you will not take it. Thirty pieces of silver. Do you know what thirty pieces of silver is worth in our dollars today? It's a little less than a hundred dollars. Ninety-six dollars and eighty-two cents. That's what he took for his soul. Something so small... And so insignificant. But Judas wanted a possession. How many here today look at the possessions that this world has to offer? And you have placed such great value upon material things. You have placed greater value on these things than the salvation of your soul. And what will you take for your soul Today the world has much to offer for your soul. Satan has much to offer. Pleasure of sin for a season. The empty possessions that you will leave behind. Personal relationships. And what will you take for your soul? We read in Isaiah chapter 9 
what God has given for your soul. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Today is the day when we celebrate the greatest gift that this world has ever known. The gift of gifts, all other gifts in one. The person of the Lord Jesus Christ. A son is born unto us. A son is given. What a gift. You know, there are times when around Christmas we find it difficult to buy gifts for others. We, we want to make the gift perfect. But we want the person that we are giving the gift to to be excited about it. And sometimes it's difficult to find the perfect gift. You know, some people look all year to buy gifts for their loved ones. But here is a gift I find that is suitable for everyone. It is suitable for me. It is suitable for you. It is suitable for all. You know, I, I couldn't help but try to think to myself, on a day like today, if I were to choose a gift and give it to the world around, what would I give? A gift for everyone. The first thing that came to my mind was food. I would give the world food. Because after all, there are many people in the world who are hungry today. They don't have enough to eat. And so I would prepare a meal that would be for all. But you know, the meal that I would prepare might be suitable for me, but my tastes might be different from your tastes. And the meal that I would prepare might not be the meal that you would prepare. And I'm sure if I prepared a meal that there would be many who would not appreciate it. There would be many who this meal would not be suitable for. And then I thought to myself, well, maybe I could give the gift of clothing. Because, after all, there are many people in the world today who are cold. They don't have enough to wear. But, you know, the style that I would choose might not be the style that you would choose. And I'm sure whatever style I would pick would not be suitable for all. The third thing I thought I could give to the world today would be money. After all, who would, want, who would not want money? I mean, money is something that everybody would want. But you know, there are a lot of people that they don't care about money. And perhaps the amount that I would give would mean nothing to them. It's, it would be almost impossible to find a gift that is suitable for everyone. That would fit all mankind, of every nation, of every tribe, of every race. We read about the gift that was given from God. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Thank God that when Christ came into the world, He was a gift that was given that is suitable for all mankind. doesn't matter if you're young. doesn't matter if you're old. doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man. doesn't matter where you have come from. It is a gift that is suitable for all. Unto us a son is born. Unto us a son is given. You know, I am interested in the latter part of that phrase this afternoon. Unto us a son 
is given. And while the Lord Jesus Christ was born into this world, He was given to us at the cross of Calvary. He came into this world with the purpose of going to the cross, for there He might bear away the sin of the world. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. If you want to know about the greatest love that has ever been known, the greatest love that has been displayed to you and to me, we only have to look to the cross where the Savior suffered unspeakably, unimaginably for you and for me. You remember the words of the Savior when He said, All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying He trusted on the Lord that He would deliver him. Let Him deliver him seeing He delighted in Him. All the people around the cross that day as they mocked and they jeered the Savior. All the sufferings that He endured. He could look at all those that would pass by the foot of the cross and say, is it nothing to all ye that pass by? Behold and see if there be any sorrow like unto my sorrow. Oh, what the Savior gave for you and for me. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. You remember the cry of the Lord upon the cross when He said, It is finished. He suffered at the hands of men. He suffered the wrath and the curse of God for your sin and for mine. And He declared, The work was done. It is finished. For you, a son was born. And for you, a son was given I thank God today that when I was 11 years old, I could read this verse very differently than I read it before that day. I could read that verse, For me, a son was born. For me, a son was given. Can you say that this afternoon? Have you ever understood that when the Lord Jesus died upon the cross of Calvary, it was for you? That's what salvation is. It is simply understanding from the Word of God that Christ is enough to meet my need. And although I am a guilty sinner and I deserve to go to hell forever, Jesus died for me. And I thank God that if I ever stand before Him in a coming day and He were to ask me, why should I let you into my heaven I can say of a truth that I am a feeble sinner, but Jesus died for me. Did He die for you? Have you ever come to that place in your experience when it was as though you were the only person in the world and simply going to the cross of Calvary understanding that Jesus died for me? The hymn writer wrote, My passport to the realms of bliss is Jesus died for me.
That is the gift that was given. This is what God has to offer for your soul today. Would you not trust Christ? Would you not receive Him as your Savior? There was a man preaching the Gospel in the 17th century just outside of London on the King's Highway. His name was Roland Hill. He preached a famous message that has gone down in the annals of gospel preaching. And as he was preaching on this highway, there was a queen's carriage that came along with a young princess inside. She was escorted by her accompanying hussars and her attendant chamberlains. And as they went down the highway, Roland Hill had gathered quite a crowd around him. The crowd was so big that it was blocking the highway. And as the carriage approached the crowd, there was a call that came from the carriage that this man was to clear the highway for a queen of royal blood. Roland Hill said to the carriage, he said, I claim this highway this day, the king's highway, for the king of kings and the lord of lords. And he continued to preach. Now, the queen, instead of running Roland Hill off the road, she said, let let be, let us see what this man will say. Let us hear. And so she looked outside the carriage door, and Roland Hill began to preach. And he preached a message about three bidders. And he said, the souls of men and women, and boys and girls, are like items on the auction block. And the first bidder comes near with all its glitter and glaze and the world says, I will give you popularity. I will give you possession. I will give you place. And I will take your youth and your talents and I will leave you old and empty. All this will I give for your soul. He said another bitter drew up with a cruel and a dark intent. And Satan said, I will give you the pleasure of sin for a season. I will give you the dark vileness and vices of your imagination. I will give you a name to live when you are dead. I will give you all that is contrary to the will of God. And in the end, I will leave you with nothing. All this will I give for your soul. And he said another bidder came up with a voice like never a man spake before. And he came quietly and he came cheerfully to the auction of the souls of men and women. And the Lord Jesus said, I will give you a Father's eternal love. I will give you joys that will never end. I will give you fullness and purpose of life that will make its existence well worth its being. I will give you love. I will give you peace. I will give you forgiveness. I will give you a home in heaven. I will give my blood for you. 
I will give my life for you at Calvary. All this I give for your soul. Carriage door opened, and a young princess that never became queen, she fell on her knees, the feet of an old preacher, and she said, Lord Jesus, thou art the highest bidder. I am thine. I am thine. And what will you take for your soul? The value that Christ has placed upon your soul that will exist forever, either in heaven or in hell. We read, the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. And what will you take today? The pleasure of sin for a season? Popularity and personal relationships? An empty possession? Or will you take Christ? And what will you take for your soul? Let it be Christ today. Turn to the cross of Calvary and understand that when He died upon the cross, it was for you. It was all for your sake, your peace to make. Christ died for you. May God bless His Word. Shall we pray? Father, we come before Thee now. We thank Thee that there is still opportunity for sinners to come to the Savior. We thank Thee for what Christ has given for the souls of men and women and boys and girls. He gave Himself. We thank Thee today that anyone who would believe in Him, put their faith and trust, and His finished work can be saved for time and for eternity. So we look now for Thy journey and mercies as we would part, asking these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Maybe we could sing two verses of hymn number 89 in closing. Hymn number 89, Man of Sorrows, What a Name! For the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah. What a Savior. We'll sing verses 1 and 3, and the meeting will be over. Man of God.